Diggs just got the fucking paycheck. Like, fucking man up. It's a team sport. That's what I'm saying. Like, He's not looking at it that way. He was bitching strictly about targets last year, and a D-hop comes in. It's going to take away from him. Gabe Davis is still going to get some. He, Stephon Diggs is going to get in his own head. We're going to see a walk out in the middle of some Antonio Brown-type shit <laughs> taking his uniform and pads off in the end zone well, on the sideline before he storms out. That's been his memo. He was the same way in Minnesota when he had a prime Adam Thielen. He he uh, quit. Yeah. I don't know, he didn't quit on the team, but he said, "I'm done. Get me out of here after the season." So like, yeah, we've seen this. It's been I his think, memo, and especially if the Bills struggle through the first half of the season, um, I don't think it's out of line to think that a trade is coming for Stefan Diggs. All about the balls podcast with. Mark Davis, Chris Kamihart, Luke Rule, and Nick the Doc Skirkowitz. Hello and welcome to this AFC East Division Breakdown. And congratulations to Wyndham Clark on winning the U.S. Open and the Golf Tour episode of All About the Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Davis. Excited as always, coming off a wonderful Father's Day weekend as I hit the golf links. Joined alongside, as always, a full squad, Chris Kamihart. Luke Rule, and the always wonderful Nick the Doc Skirkowitz. Chris, how was your first Father's Day as a two-time dad? Hey, Father's, Father's Day was amazing. Got to spend it with the kids, spend it with the wife. They spoiled me. It was a great day. And Luke, I'm not sure how many years you're running on doggy dad, but how was your Father's Day as a doggy dad? Yeah, I mean, it was a good day. You know, dog dads matter too, so... I don't know. We went out to Nashville, got a little lunch, did some Costco shopping, and that's that's why we spend it. You know, spend that money. That is the new hashtag DDM Doggy Dads Matter. Yeah. Doc, how was your last day as a one time kid father? Father's Day. Oh, real good, man. Real good. Woke up, took the baby uh, to, well, not the baby, I guess, anymore. She's always going to be my baby, but. Took her to this like Sesame Street uh, amusement park. Had an absolute blast out there. She loved it. Um, saw Elmo and everybody else that I don't remember because I haven't watched the show since I was like three. Um, but she loved it. Great time. Met up with a friend. Um, just just a great Father's Day to spend with the family. Well, I'm glad to hear that all of you guys had a great Father's Day. I like I said I spent on the golf course. Had a great front nine, back nine. Usually kicks my ass, and it's what it did. Uh, didn't fail me, but hey. We have a great show, boys. We're going to, like I said, talk about the AFCs as we dive into our second episode of this eight-episode series. We're also going to talk a little NBA once again. Bradley Beal and Draymond Green made some headlines. We're going to finally dive into that Conor McGregor tease that we had going out of the last episode. And just dive into a little golf as me and the golf pro over there, Luke Rule, will dive into some U.S. Open. But with that being said, boys, Luke, Luke brought a good point we should do. We should flip-flop NFC, AFC every episode so we're not stuck on one conference. We're going to dive into probably one of the more entertaining uh, divisions, in my opinion, the AFC East, which includes those J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 the Patriots, the Dolphins, and the three-time reigning AFC champion, the Buffalo Bills. And, Doc, speaking of those J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, they probably had one of the bigger storylines in the offseason as they finally acquired a – Legendary quarterback, a guy you know so much about, as he literally is the Chicago Bears' daddy, Aaron Rodgers. Is this the year that the Jets finally make it back to the Super Bowl? Does Aaron Rodgers lead the boys to the Super Bowl? 
Uh, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not uh, proud to agree with you on uh, him owning the Bears. It's been a very rough tenure with him being in Green Bay, but those those days of the nightmare are finally over. Um, I think it's a phenomenal pickup for the Jets. I think it, it's obviously better than a Wilson quarterback. Uh, I mean, honestly, I'm a better quarterback than a Wilson quarterback, if I can be real with you. Um, but no, I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers quite lifts them to Super Bowl. Um, I don't know. I think maybe a couple more pieces, maybe some some solid, like legitimate pieces. Alan Lazard, I, I think it's a good pickup for him to add a receiver, but I don't think it's like it's going to make the world. But uh, I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is to the Super Bowl this year. Chris, you leading with Doc on that one. You think that I know we're talking a little off here. Do you think it's uh, kind of we're overhyping the, the, the Jets a little bit that, you know, we need to see what they're going to do first. They do have a tough schedule, which we're going to dive into that a little bit. But do you think it's Super Bowl or not this year for the Jets? I mean, look, the MVP quarterback, he's going to definitely help the Jets go deep in the playoffs. But they're in they're in such a bad position with their schedule this year and then also being in such a AFC that they're not going to be able to go to the Super Bowl with Daddy Pat Mahomes in that division or Luke, conference. Luke, not just Aaron Rodgers, a guy that you had on your fantasy roster last year, Hopefully, you know, maybe they take the handcuffs off him. Maybe they let him run wild right away. Brees Hall, you think that could take the load off Aaron Rodgers and make that offense more balanced where that offense with that great defense they have can start to actually take them deep, deep into the playoffs? Yeah, I, I think they're going to ease Brees Hall in to getting his full, full like, first-team reps for, like, the first couple games. I mean, they have Michael Carter over there, too, also another solid running back. But I, I don't see the Jets making the Super Bowl this year. I think they'll be competitive in the AFC, but I don't think it does enough. There's too many talented teams in the AFC to uh, bet on the Jets, I think. Honestly, boys, I'm going to have to disagree. I I do think the Jets – I mean, I know they like said we have that brutal schedule, but I think they can overcome it. I think that Aaron Rodgers is good enough still to lead the Jets far in the playoffs. We're going to talk about the Bills. I think the window is slowly closing, which I hate to say it because I love Josh Allen, but and I'm not sold on Tua and – Patriots, I, we've shit on them all offseason. I just think the Jets, they're in that that spot to have the best offense in the league. I'm not saying they are, but they're one of the better offenses. I like what they're doing. Like like Luke said, Michael Carter, Brees Hall, they added Al Lazard and Randall Cobb. I mean, I know their chemistry with Aaron Rodgers is better, but they have them with Garrett Wilson, McKeel Hardman as well. So the Jets are going to have talent there. They are slacking on the offense or on the tight end position. But with those weapons and if Brees Hall can be healthy – you can't you can't stack the box against Brees Hall, otherwise he's going to pick you apart. And when you do that, then it's play action for Aaron Rodgers, and you know he loves that play action. Can this team be the best offense in the league, boys? Well, before we before we dive into that, let's go back a second, all right? Because you you said that you got to disagree and that they can do a late playoff run. When you say you disagree, are you saying that they are a Super Bowl team? I I think right now, if you actually look at it, I'm not. That's the question. No, yeah, I'm going to break it down real quick. I think the problem is we always do this to the Chiefs. At least I always do. I love Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, but they don't have offensive firepower outside that. They don't have that defense that should win, that should win the Super Bowl, but they still find a way to do it. But while a lot of, a lot of targets still go to, to Kelsey, Mahomes still finds his man downfield. Down it the, don't matter who it is. Jets' defense can match with that off their offense, though. I think the Jets have one of the better defenses in the league, which is why it's going to help. I it's not like the Packers where they have a shit defense and it's all Aaron Rodgers or nothing. And I don't trust the Bills this year. I don't trust the Dolphins. And the Bengals, I think, are the other team that can – I think it's going to come down to Bengals-Jets this year. That's who it's going to be, the top two teams in the AFC. I think they're the more completed team, especially on the offensive side. 
You wow. can't count on Mahomes. I agree. You can't count on Patrick Mahomes. He's the best quarterback in the league. And he's always going to be there when it comes to it. I think the Jets are set up in a better position right now for a one-year, two-year window to win a Super Bowl. That's what I think. I just think the Jets are more complete at the moment. I'm not giving this man the Tom Brady treatment in, in uh, Tampa Bay. Oh, I mean, it worked for Brady. He came into a, a position that they already had the weapons there with Godwin and Evans. They did add a little bit more to it with Gronk. Oh, those and, were significantly uh, different weapons. <laughs> I mean, Garrett Wilson's rookie of the year. He's a lot younger. I mean, I think he's a beast. Yeah, I know Alan Lazard's not Chris Godwin, but I think he's really good. I think he's very underrated. I think it's also going to shine having, you know, Randall Cobb, which you have chemistry that man seems to get first down to first down. And you have speed with Hardman who can take the top off the defense. So, And then you have Brees Hall. So you have a run game with Michael Carter. So that's why – they just have more pieces to me. I think they're ready to compete right away. They had seven wins with Zach Wilson and, and Mike White. So Yeah, I, I'm not, I, I agree. <laughs> they're ready to compete. They're definitely – I think that they have all the potential to, to, to take the playoffs or make the playoffs, but I just – I don't see them as a Super Bowl team. I just don't. I don't, yeah, I I don't mean, see them making it far into the playoffs. I yeah, maybe, maybe a, playoff a first-round win. Yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe. I mean, but that's the thing is the whole AFC East has a tough schedule. So I think with that, I trust Aaron Rodgers more than I trust Tua and Mac Jones, definitely. The pay, like I said, the Bills were going to talk why I'm not so so long when we get to them. But it's just I think they have, they're have they going to have one of the better offenses in the league with that great defense who was fourth in scoring and yards per game. So the defense won't be the problem. And the offense should jump up from 25th and 29th in their respective categories. So, I mean – when you have Rodgers, it's just going to be a lot different than Zach Wilson, and it's a lot smarter quarterback out there, way better thrower, and I think a better runner, too. He knows when to scramble, when not to scramble. Hey, Denver thought the same thing with Russell Wilson. I was never sold on Russell Wilson. I, I, I thought Russell Wilson was overrated from the jump. He was carried by a great defense, and when he had no defense, the man couldn't get the job done. So, Rodgers, yeah, I mean – I trust Rodgers a lot. Way I trust Rodgers way more than I could trust Russell Wilson any day, any day of the week. I agree with that. I agree with that. And with that though, can they have the best offense, Chris? I don't think they have the best offense in the AFC. I mean, you got Garrett Wilson, of course, he was rookie of the year last year. I mean, Brees Hall. What's what's his constraints going to be coming back? Is he going to be able to do what Dalvin Cook did and come back from the ACL? tear and outperform like he did or is he going to pull a Saquon Barkley and come back and not perform like he did before I mean it's the run game's questionable I mean Garrett Wilson that's clearly your wide receiver one and then behind him you have Lazard what's Lazard going to do and then you got to question chemistry I mean of course it's going to come into the offseason them building their chemistry together but is that going to be able to flow into week one into this toughest schedule that they have yeah with that already said I mean, you already have established people like Joe Burrow, Jamar. Then you got Lamar, run game. Then you got fucking, who did I not mention? Bills and Stefan Diggs. I mean, we'll dig into that later on. But then you have Kelsey. I mean, they had what? Who was their wide receiver one last year? Juju? And they Juju won the Smith Super Bowl? Like, they, and they got need, rid of him. <laughs> yeah, they don't need wide receivers. Patty Mahomes knows what to do. I mean, Kelsey Mahomes can go out there, not Kelsey Mahomes, but Travis Kelsey can go out there and have five guys covering him, and he's going to come down with a touchdown. No, and I agree. That's why it's hard to count him out. 
But with that, the expectations I was saying, I know, like I said, I'm maybe a little off with last episode is with the quarterback difference, I have them at 11 and a half. So, you know, we'll have the schedule pulled up in one second, but I think that's a good starting line for the Jets and almost every team but the Patriots. I mean, we'll talk about the Dolphins and the Bills with their expectations. But with that being said, what are your expectations and, and why is it over or under that 11 and a half mark? So, I mean, we'll, I'll, I'll run it through. I'll say who, and then everyone just says win or loss. Week one, Buffalo. I have a loss. Loss. I have a win. I got, I got a win, too. Okay, next week, Dallas. I have a win. I'm going loss here. Win. Uh, I think they win this one, too. Next week, New England. I have a win as well. Win. Win. And win. Kansas City, loss. Yeah. Loss. Loss. I'm going to go loss on this one. Denver, win. 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 Yep, win. win. Then we got Philly. I'll go with a loss here. Yep, big loss. Loss. I'm going win. win. New York, Philly, big. Okay. Mark has win against Philly. New York, yeah. I have a, I have a loss here. I got to win. Yeah, I'm gonna go New York on this first one. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go win here. Win. I'm gonna take a loss. Actually, actually, I take that back. I'm gonna go loss in the first one. I'm gonna go loss in the first one. Win on the second. Fuck. <laughs> or no, second. Just kidding. <laughs> and then the viewers, Luke is trying to. Take notes. Yeah, Luke's taking notes. Tally up. Um, Is is New York a loss for you, Doc? Well, there's two New York teams. (laughs) Uh, Ah, God damn it. I'm taking uh, Jets win. Fuck. Final answer. Jets win. Final answer. Jets win. Final answer. Sorry. (laughs) Yep. Sorry. All right. Okay. Chargers next week. I have a win here. Loss. Win. I I have a loss here. And I have a loss. Las Vegas, I have a win. 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 Buffalo, I think they get swept. Loss. Yeah, yeah Buffalo, it's going to be a loss. I have a loss at Buffalo. And then okay. next week, loss. Miami, I have a loss here. Miami at home, I'm going to give them a win. Okay. Win as well, Luke. Yeah, I'm going to win too. Um, next week, Atlanta. I have a win here. No brainer. That that's an absolute blowout <laughs> win. Yeah, yeah I got blowout too. <laughs> yeah, Mark's like, yeah, even I got him forty to three. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. That's a um, win. Following week, CJ Stroud with Houston. I have a I have a win here. I have a win, win as well. Win, win. We're across the board. Um, I think they split with Miami. So at Miami, I have a loss. Same loss at Miami. Yep. Same loss in Miami. Didn't, Splitting. Didn't you? Didn't you have them? You had them beat or losing Miami the first time. I. Okay. So then I'll give I, them I, a win here. I have a I win. Have, I'm, 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 I'm sorry, Luke. I, thought, I have a loss. Well, my, my account's all fucked up. You guys gotta make up your mind. <laughs> I have. I have, <laughs> I have them winning against Miami. That's what I meant. All right, I've lost. I'm at, I'm at four losses. Right. Yeah, I've lost at Miami. Okay, and then I have Washington. I have a I have a win here. Win. 
I will also take a win with that. Win. I got a win. At Cleveland, I have a win. Mark, Mark, is that a win for you or no? Yeah, I'm. At, I have a win for Washington. I'm at four losses total. I'm counting mine. Oh, you're gonna count your own? That's fine. <clears throat> I just because I know it's gonna be on one hand. So I have them losing at Cleveland. I think Cleveland's gonna be a sleeper team this year. I also have them losing at Cleveland. I have them beating Cleveland. Yeah, I think they beat Cleveland too. And then at New England, win. I I have I I have them splitting against New England. I have a I have a what did I say? I have a loss here. I have them. I have them at twelve and five. Luke, January seventh in New England. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go loss on that one. That's gonna be an upset. Two three. So it sounds like I'm the only one over at eleven and a half. So I can just tell right now you guys have a lot of losses there. I mean, you guys have them splitting with the division, it seemed like. So they're three and three right there. There's three losses. Four, the New York Jets. Chris also has them losing against the Giants. That's four. Also had them losing against the Chiefs. That's five. Yeah. Right there's Chris, 12 and five. Chris has, Chris has them at 10. Doc has eight. I have 11. Yeah. Eight. They go up one <laughs> win from, yeah. <laughs> hey, but that's that's your over under in June. That's, that's a tough June schedule, 19th, though. So. That's, yeah, that's no, a tough, tough schedule. The whole AFC, tough schedule. But think about it, that's the, they have the easiest schedule out of the main three teams because they were last. And there's, last. So, yeah, there's so much more that goes into that, right? Like we said, a lose in, a loss in Miami, or I said a loss in Miami. You know, is two even going to be here for that? Let's be real. Exactly. Yeah, so anything can happen. Speaking of another team in the AFCs, we'll move on. So that's what you guys have. You guys have under, I have over. The New yeah, England I didn't Patriots. Be that under. The New England Patriots who finished at eight nine last year, and I think one of the bigger storylines is they have the returning <laughs> offense coordinator Bill O'Brien. Chris, does Bob help turn that offense around? Get them at least a average to above average. Help Mac Jones as well, even though they have a little bit of a lack of weapon problems. Can Bill O'Brien help lead this offense? I mean, what I saw out of Bob last year with Alabama, I just don't think he can turn it around. I mean, he definitely had way better talent on that Alabama team last year than he does on this Patriots team this year with just offensive weapons. I mean, I really had high hopes for Keishon Butte that he's going to be a little sleeper. But, I mean, news report earlier came out that they're not very happy with him this offseason. So. And then they got Juju. I mean, you know the drama around him. I just I don't think Bob's going to be able to turn it around. And Luke, something to think about. Bob over there, Bill O'Brien, does not have a DeAndre Hopkins like he had in Houston with Deshaun Watson. He doesn't have Tom Brady like he had the first time in New England. And like Chris said, he's out on Alabama. He's in New England with no receivers and just average-ass Mac Jones. Can he do it? No, I don't think so. I mean, if anything, it's going to be a prove-it year for him to see if he can actually be an offensive coordinator at the NFL level with average talent at the NFL level. Like, I don't like any of their additions, really. No big names. Like, Mike Gusecki's pretty good, but he's not an all-star tight end. Juju's what, on his third team in, what, five years in the NFL, six years in the NFL. So, it's, none of these teams, like, none of these players, like, wow me in any way that I think they're going to do well. They also took out, like, they lost some John New Smith, Nelson Aguilar. So, I don't, I don't know. I don't like it. Yeah, Doc, is this team going to be solely based on the defense or can Bill turn that – or not sorry, not Bill Belichick, but Bill O'Brien turn this offense around? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that the uh, the team is going to be solely based on, on the defense. I don't think that Bill O'Brien – I mean, there's nothing to turn around. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing to work with. Uh, I mean, you had Juju Smith 
you know, Schuster, but you lost Jacoby Myers. I mean, in my opinion, with what Juju's put up in the last couple of years, it's a pretty even swap, in my opinion. Uh, good on them for filling that hole. But, you know, if they put him alongside Jacoby Myers, you know, maybe we're talking something. But um, I just don't think there's enough weapons in the offense. The defense, I think, is still going to be pretty good. I think it's going to it's going to be the backbone of the team. But I don't think it's going to be enough to get into the playoffs. And with that, Chris think, and Luke, like – Real quick on the offense stuff. I mean, I think one of the big things to look out this offseason is Judon posted a picture with D Hop, and then he also said that their GM's the best GM in the league. So, I mean, questions stirring around there is if D Hop's going to land in New England. And then we had a report today that saying Cook wants to play with D Hop. So, I mean, yeah. is D Hop going to the Patriots and then they'd be able to snag? cook in the backfield i mean that would definitely change up that is something that would greatly greatly change my outlook for the patriots (laughs) well i mean the patriots already have a good running back with stevenson so like i think that's the best thing to have on the offense is the running back so i still think stevenson's that good yeah he had like a good season but i don't think he's be like that long-term back for them if they they pair stevenson with cook that changes things oh but and stevenson will take a back door to cook I mean, hasn't he yeah, only been I mean, a year, one or two years, though? I'm just uh, saying, like, he, he blew up last year, but. Yeah, know. but. Either way, they get Doc, Stevenson's going to take a backseat. But Doc made a good point, <laughs> yeah, though. If Let's to. just say this. Let's just say that this team is, on the offensive side, is just at least average, or maybe barely above average. Can this defense be that backbone and actually push them into the playoffs? We saw it in 2021 when the offense wasn't that good. We even saw it the COVID year when the defense was actually helping the offense win games, can that defense, which was eighth last year and 11th in scoring, can it still help push the Patriots over the top, Luke? No, I, I don't think so. They, they lost a couple pieces on defense. I I, I do like Matt Judon, so their pass rush is still going to be there. Matt Judon was a beast last year. He's been a beast the last, what, five, six years he's been in the NFL. Yeah. Um, and then I have a good headline too, and I don't think anyone's talking about it. We talk about all these hot seats and, and things like that. You know, like I said, we've seen it now. It's been three years, three full seasons since Tom Brady left New England. Belichick made the playoffs once. Brady made the playoffs all three years. He was there, won a Super Bowl his first year. Is it time for Bill to retire from the Patriots as the GM and the head coach and just finally hang it up? I mean, if he can't get it done, like how much more longer are we going to have this effect? It's like the Popovich of San Antonio right now. How much longer can Bill keep bringing this team to average or below average, Doc? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't say it's really a hot seat. Um, I mean, it's going to be a mutual split if it does happen, but I think it's definitely time. You know, with Tom Brady gone and the the image of that team for for you know since the start has been Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, and I think that you know now with Tom gone and kind of restructuring, rebuilding that team in a way, I think it's it's time to pass the reins off and let somebody else get a crack at it. Yeah, Chris, should Robert Kraft pull that trigger? Because it's, like I said, Bill checks the GM. He can't, he's not going to fire himself. It's got to come up from the owner. Does does Robert Kraft finally need to pull that trigger and tell Bill, dude, I'm, thanks for the years, but it's enough's enough. Yeah, like you said, I mean, I don't think Bill is ever going to be in the hot seat. I mean, he's definitely going to be one of the greatest coaches that's ever coached the NFL level. I mean, I don't know if the owner should pull the trigger just yet, maybe give him – couple more years but i mean at that point is bill just going to be done with the game of football i mean yeah i mean maybe he could just be the gm luke maybe he can just be the sole general manager and just let someone else coach the game maybe that's the route he could take too yeah i mean i agree with i agree with doc here i i don't think 
Bill will ever be on the hot seat. If he does leave, it's going to be a mutual split, split or he's going to retire. I mean, coming off like losing Tom Brady, it's going to be hard to replace in the first place. I mean, Patriots never really had that like good of an offensive lineup in the first place, even with Brady. So like they never had like a lot a of really all star. Yeah. yeah, they had what Randy Moss and like on the back half of his career, and they had Gronk in his prime. But other than that, they haven't had like those all star wide receivers. So, so losing Brady really hurts him, and going to Mac Jones, who's an average at best quarterback, like he's doing probably what best he can with what he's got on that team. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Is Brady run the offense with Bill O'Brien and and Josh McDaniels when they were the offense coordinators and Charlie Weiss? But Belichick is running that defense, and you can still he still has his his imprint on that defense. And I believe the expectations is seven and a half this year, over under for them. They said they were eight and nine last year. They find ways to win games, and we don't think they they can win games. So with that, let's run through their schedule and let's see what we're, our over under is right here. Like I said, one of the tougher schedules in the AFC East is all four of these teams. They have a very very tough schedule. So Chris, read it off. What we got looking on? Oh, we're going three to one. Philadelphia week one, loss, loss, loss. Miami week two, loss, loss. At New York Jets, I don't remember what loss. the fuck I said for New York. Yeah, I think I, I have a. You said I'm. I don't think we were doing these for all teams. I thought we were just doing yeah, this for yeah, yeah, yeah. for the Jets. I'm, I'm see, under I either see, way. I'm under. Yeah, I think they'll I'm have under a win seven against and a half. The, I think a win against the Raiders, possibly maybe the Commanders, maybe the Colts. That's three. But the Commanders are one of those sneaky defensive teams that might come through and do something. They did it all year last year. I think the Patriots win five games at the most. And that's, and that's, I don't think I'm going to put them as five wins if I tell you their schedule, but they'll probably sneak some ones they shouldn't win. I'll take them over Indy and Pittsburgh. I know that. Oh, no. I think Pittsburgh's going to be competitive this year. I think that offense is going to be a little better and the defense is still the defense. I don't trust New England at all. I think, I think they're dog shit. I really don't even know if they're beating Las Vegas, honestly. I mean, with the car two point oh in there, with the with the with the hatchback that they got going in uh, in Las Vegas, I don't know. I think that I, I think I, that they can drop that. I got about like five wins here. I think they split one with the Jets. I mean, they win Las Vegas, they win Washington, ND, then Pittsburgh. I think they pull out a dub, and then Denver. I. I just don't – I think Denver is going to be in sync at the end of the year with Sean Payton there. They're going to lose that. They're going to yeah, I got them losing to Denver. Yeah, Luke, before you jump in here, just check check your screen there. What do you put, you're looking at the schedule. Before you start to talk, what do you think you have the Patriots doing here? Uh, Yeah, I, I have them going to be taking the under as well. Uh, I think – so they're going to start season 0-3. Uh, probably 0-4 actually. And I'll be starting out 0 and 0 and 18, 0 and 17. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, I, I think I think they get a win over New Orleans, win over Vegas, loss of Buffalo, loss of Miami, beat Washington, lose the Colts, lose New York, lose Los Angeles. Lose the right, we had to have, had to have yeah, one run through the entire fucking yeah. schedule hey, here. Yeah, How about this under. hot take? The New England Patriots will have a top two draft pick when it's all said and done going to 2024 for the draft. I'll give them a top, top five. Yeah, top five. So with that being said, that's going to be the dynasty's over. Like I said, we're done with the dynasty. It's done. And that's why I say they need to rebrand. It's not about Bill being on the hot seat for not making the playoffs. Let him run the GM 
but that's why they need to just change the image, rush out a new culture, like roll it out and, and move on. You got to let go of Tom Brady. And part of letting go of that is letting go of Bill Belichick. As long as you got yep. Bill at the helm, man, you're, you're always holding on. You're holding on to old pieces. And it just you're in that like weird cycle of never really building and just kind of staying mediocre. And that's well, the problem, Doc. I don't like to. I'm not going to say this about every person, but a lot of older people in the older generation, they don't like change. Andy Reid shows that he can make change. He, he's a, he traded up for Patrick Mahomes. He got a newer style quarterback, got out of the Alex Smith days, even the old Don McNabb days, which is similar to Patty Mahomes, honestly. But he got out of the Alex Smith days, and he was able to make change. Like He, he realized his ego is not as big as Bill Belichick, and that's the problem. He, if he can't change it, Robert Kraft has to pull it, and he has to say, Bill, I'm sorry, you did great for us, but you're done. I so, think they need. A, I think they need a real, a real kick in the nuts this year to finally get Kraft to come down and say, "Hey, man, look, like we're not shunning you. Let's make this amicable. You know, focus on the GM. Let's do that. Focus on the GM. Yeah. It's time to usher in a new crowd. Yeah, pull the Bruce Arians card and move yourself into an off the field position and put yeah. fucking Bill Zappy in. Bailey Zappy. I like it. Bailey Zappy. But That's how relevant he is. Speaking of moving on, like I said, we hopefully the Patriots can move on and get a new coach in there. We're going to move on to the team that's finished 9-8 and eight the last two seasons as they were a wild-card team, pushed the Buffalo Bills in the, you know, the wild-card round with Skylar Thompson, the Miami Dolphins. And the question is, boys, we talked about the Jets being all hype. Are the Miami Dolphins all hype after adding Jalen Ramsey to this spectacular pay- team on paper? Are the Dolphins overhyped? No, I, I, I think they're kind of like right where they need to be. Uh, it depends on how to like if he gets concussions again this season. I mean, as long as he can like throw the ball a little bit, he'll hit either Jalen Walter or Tyreek Hill somewhere. I mean, he kind of limit. I think too is a limiting factor for the Miami offense just because his arm strength and his uh, his injury. He's injury prone, beginning all these concussions. So if two is healthy and he can. Start slinging the ball a little better. I think I think Miami would be right where they need to be at the end of the season. They'll make the playoffs and probably can be, be competitive, but I don't think they make it deep. Doc, is it all on Tua, man? It's like I said, I mean, I thought he did good last year in the games he was there. I mean, he definitely doesn't have the arm strength to reach Tyreek Hill and Jalen Wall's speed, but they had great chemistry last year, and when he was playing, they were balling. Is it on Tua? If Tua can stay healthy, can, can they make that push? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think a lot of it relies on Tua um, and that health because another concussion. I mean, he already talked about, you know, he contemplated retiring after after all the concussion stuff last season. Um, I think that he is a big part of it. Um, nice thing about Miami is, you know, you've got the weapons that are that good that you can you can almost plug and play with a quarterback in a way, but not, you know, not quite to that extent. But uh, I think. Even with Tua, though, I think a lot still still falls in the run game. I mean, Miami was, what, 27th in the league last year in, in yards per game for rushing? I mean, and it can't be Tua running the ball. It's got to be the run game's got to step up. The blocker's got to step up and make the hole. Um, I think, like, a lot of the pieces were kind of there last year, but they didn't, like, come together at the same time. Um, and the scheme just didn't really seem to fit at times for me. But – you know, still dealing with the fallout with the previous season um, with the change in head coach and all the scandals and everything else going around the Tom Brady uh, meddling thing. I think now it's kind of 
everything's behind us. Let's move on. Let's let's be a team and let's play. But I think uh, NJ Lynn Ramsey is a big move. Um, I'm excited to see this team. I think that I think they're going to turn it up this year. Um, I'm not saying you know Super Bowl contender or deep playoff run, but I think in the in the uh, in the division, I think you're going to see a much different Miami team that's going to make it very exciting to watch. And Chris, he mentioned Jalen Ramsey. You know, he they added Vic Fangio, a guy that you were you loved. That was we thought was going to pair with Sean Payton this year. But does Vic Fangio and Jalen bit. Ramsey? Do, yeah, does, does he help turn this defense around? Who last year they got sacks, which is great. You know, defense you want teams that can produce sacks, and you want teams that can produce turnovers. And that was a problem, Chris. Miami was tied for 30th in turnovers. Can Fangio and uh, Jalen Ramsey turn this defense around? Where it could pair with this electric offense? Yeah, I think I think the Dolphin season is going to ride on both these coaches, Fangio and Mike McDaniel's. I mean, their offense. Just start with that. People started figuring out that offense at halfway through the season, and Mike McDaniel's wasn't changing anything about it and just rolling with it. And then Nick Fangio, I'm excited to see outstanding defensive coach. And I think he gets in there and he turns this defense around to be even better what they were last year. I think the Dolphins win this division easily. Dolphins will have the best defense, Chris, in the NFL, or one of them at least? They'll be up there, yeah. I think at least a top five defense. So look at that, boys. Chris has got two new two divisions so far. He's got two new division winners with the Giants and the Dolphins. The man is changing teams around. Doc, Dolphins winning the division, though? I did, it is honestly, it's tough right now. It is a toss-up between them and the Bills. I almost want to say Dolphins because they do have more weapons. Um, a lot of question marks for me with uh, Mike McDaniel, but Vic Fangio coming in, I mean, you know, obviously longtime Bears fan, seeing him as a defensive coordinator in Chicago and what he can do and how he took some kind of mediocre guys and made them absolute studs. We're talking the likes of like Nathan Basher kind of guys. Um, so definitely the right guy in the job to turn this defense around and make him elite. So def- like I said, going to be interesting to see him step up and compete in this division. I'm kind of torn between the two, but I'm going to go with Chris on this one and I'm going to call my hot take for the division. And I'm going to say the Dolphins win it. What you got going on there, Luke? No, no. So I have I have Miami finishing third in the division. So I, I don't think they have what it takes. Yeah, folks, it's hard to Luke doesn't Luke doesn't actually watch football, folks. <laughs> I do watch he only football. Watches Lamar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I need to watch Lamar, but no, I, I don't think Miami's able to finish a full season. And so just having that, I don't, I don't think Miami's gonna be able to compete with Buffalo and uh New York Jets. I think Miami's going to fall just behind the Jets and the uh, standings for their AFC South. Remember we shot the Skyler last year. Yeah, get get those sirens go buzzing, Luke, because me and you agree for for once. It seems like, man. I mean, yeah, I do think Miami's going to be third place. But hey, you can have three. You can even have four teams in the, the playoffs. But this case, I do think you'll get three teams possibly in the playoffs. The AFC East. I don't think the Dolphins, even if two is healthy, I don't think that they're going to meet that over under, which is eleven and a half. I think they're going to be barely under. I'm thinking nine or ten, but they said they were nine eight last year and made the wild card, so it's very doable to do that. That's my expectations of the Dolphins. I got them under eleven and a half. I do think, like I said, it's a tough schedule. Can two of them make these primetime games? I mean, I know Tua hasn't played in many many primetime games. I don't think they like to be too big for them. I just don't think they're going to be that good compared to the hype that they're getting. That's why I said they're all hype question mark, and they are all hype to me. Boys, what you guys thinking about your over-unders? I have – I have. I mean, it might be a hot take, or Doc might agree with me. I have them winning 14 games. 
can, can you, you know, don't run the schedule. Can you just tell me who your three losses are? My like three losses. I think I think they split with Buffalo. I think Buffalo wins at Buffalo. I think okay. they lose against Kansas City. And then. Uh, Philly's going to be a shootout. Philly's going to be a shootout. My third loss, I think, is Philly. I hate to say, if Lamar Jackson's healthy, can they go into cold Baltimore and and win in the? You know, they're a warm, they're a warm team. I think even the Chargers could beat them Week One. I'm just saying, Herbert and them start off hot normally. So I mean, I don't know. Listen, listen, Lamar's going to be in the bathroom watching this fucking game. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, this is yeah, this is about that time. This is yeah, about this that is time. The, that Baltimore is game is Charmer. solely on Lamar. Yeah, yeah and that's the thing I'm going, like, if Lamar's healthy. I mean, that's a tough schedule. I'm going man. a really loss is. in I'm going a loss in Buffalo, losing to Philly, losing to Kansas City. Uh, I want to give the Jets one. I think I do have the Jets taking one. That's four, and I'm gonna give Baltimore as five. So I'm gonna take them twelve and five and go with the over. Luke, I know you're under, right? Yeah, I, I have him at ten wins. So, which is not bad. I mean, that, that's going to get them yeah. in the playoffs with ten wins. So. Ten wins, ten wins, is a good season, and I think they make the wild card with ten wins. But the problem is, Miami hasn't won a playoff game in God knows when. I mean, I think they're the second longest streak behind the Detroit Lions. So, mm-hmm. I mean, can they finally live up to that spotlight that they have all those weapons? That's that's the key to the Dolphins this year. Can they finally produce? So, yeah, you guys have the you guys guy. I mean. Doc has a new division winner too. Has the has the has the Jets or the Dolphins? I have the Jets. So I mean, right now through through two divisions, I have one. Chris has two, and you and well, maybe you maybe you have one. Luke, we don't know yet. We're gonna dive into that right now. Because lastly but not least, the reigning three-time AFC's champion, the Buffalo Bills, and this crazy dynasty that everyone thought they were gonna have, is their window closing, or has it already started to close big time? They have a lot of drama with Stephon Diggs. Clear out his locker room and left late or pretty early last year after the game. I know he's up to one voluntary workout, which seems like a lot of people in Buffalo had a problem. Even Josh Allen said it's not for everyone. I mean, is the drama going to be in too much for the Buffalo Bills, Chris? I mean, it, it's all about digs. I mean, him and Josh Allen got in a fight at the very end of the season, and then he cleared out his locker. I mean, Diggs is really their only true wide receiver one. I mean, you got Davis back there, but he just wants to – he's a long ball, so you're hoping for that. I mean, they didn't really draft any offensive weapons except for that tight end. So, I mean, really – And even that is – Exactly. That's why That's why I'm placing the Dolphins ahead of them, just because of the offensive weapons. Yeah, is that the problem, Doc? Is, is the lackluster weapons outside Stephon Diggs going to be an issue in Buffalo? 100%. And even with uh, Stefan Diggs, I mean, you look at the target issues last season and what, what you know, was going on between him and Josh Allen and the animosity between the two of them right now. I mean, it's going to continue to progress to be a problem because uh, as the games go on, no matter what happens, I mean, Stefan, his mindset right now is he's, he's just going to assume that this is on purpose or they're trying to make him look bad or whatever else. And he's just going to eat it himself. You know, it's just going to dig a deeper hole for this team, but the lack of weapons this is a team that needed a wide receiver and they went with a tight end in the first round. I don't think that was the move, especially with a couple of pretty solid tight ends on the market um, that would have easily filled that hole in free agency. Um, but yeah, the lack of weapons in the receiving side uh, lost a couple of pieces on defense. Um, 
I don't know if I want to say the window is closing um, because they are still a solid team. I think Josh Allen is still good. Um, the, the window can definitely open right back up as soon as they get pieces to help him be successful. Speaking We're of that, so that D hop answer. That's what I was about to, really about to ask that, Luke. If that window opens, can they get D hop? Can that open the window even bigger for them? Yeah, I mean, if they if they pair D hop with Stefan Diggs, it's that offense should be fucking ridiculous. Like having two all pro wide receivers paired up next to each other and Gabe Davis as the third, that's going to be a very tough wide receiver core to cover. Yeah, I agree with you. The question is, does Stefan Diggs' ego, can that stay in check? Because we seem he likes to get all the Not balls. How would D coming? <laughs> Exactly. Uh, so that will that cause more drama? I mean, that's something to think about. Honestly, I think might understand like who D Hop is, and like be okay with it. I mean, he might be upset that he's not getting as many targets, but he understands that D Hop's going to garner that attention too from uh, Josh Allen. And I don't Diggs think so. Just, I, I th- Diggs just got the fucking paycheck. Like fucking man up. It's a team sport. That's what I'm saying. He's not looking at it that way. He was bitching strictly about targets last year. And if D-Hop comes in, it's going to take away from him. Gabe Davis is still going to get some. He, he Stefan Diggs is going to get in his own head. We're going to see a walk out in the middle of some Antonio Brown type shit <laughs> taking his uniform and pads off in the end zone well, on the sideline before he storms out. That's been his memo. He was the same way in Minnesota when he had a prime Adam Thielen. He he uh, quit. Yeah. I don't, he didn't quit on the team, but he said, "I'm done. Get me out of here after the season." So, like, yeah, we've seen this. It's been I his think, memo, and especially if the Bills struggle through the first half of the season, um, I don't think it's out of line to think that a trade is coming for Stefan Diggs. And Chris, I have a question for you and Luke as well. I I know we because we talk a lot of Josh Allen docs. So that's why this is kind of meant for them too, real quick. Josh Allen the last two years had 14 and 15 interceptions. Are we? praising Josh Allen too much or is he a little overhyped with that? Because I know maybe he feels like he has to do too much because he doesn't have that type of talent that he has, like, you know, Joe Burrow or Patty's had in the past with, with Tyreek is Josh Allen overhyped or is he just doing too much because he has to, I mean, he's the Madden cover. Is he really overhyped? I mean, Peyton Hill's got it. So yeah, you could be overhyped. I don't think he is. I saw, I saw a couple of those turnovers last season and some of them were just bad ball, you know, bad touches by the wide receivers, um, batted balls. I mean, it's not it's not solely on him with his interceptions. I mean, there definitely needs to be some improvement. But if you're putting up 30, 40 touchdowns in a season, I mean, 15 and 14 is is high, is kind of high, but it's not the worst in the league. I mean, it's not Jay Cutler numbers. It's not, yeah, you know, it's he, Winston numbers. It's not Winston numbers. That's damn sure. He's also got one of the top defenses in the NFL to bail him out for this tournament as well. So, so he's probably he's probably doing too much on the offensive side, but he's being bailed out by his defense either way. Yeah, how many of those turnovers were, were points? Well, yeah, I mean, I didn't look on to that part. I just know it's still 29 God in the last two years. It, Mark. Too high. But speaking of that defense, like Luke says, they are replacing Leslie Frazier, Frazier who is their defense coordinator. Reports are from Michael Lombardi. He says that the year that they were in the AFC Divisional game against them, we had 13 seconds left before they tied it to go to overtime. Sean McDermott decided to call the plays, which you saw what happened. It led to that, that game-tying field goal. He also called plays at the end of the last year when defense started to crumble. Is this an underrated storyline that we're missing? Replacing Leslie Frazier with a coach that's calling you know, one side of the ball it doesn't typically work that well where you have to manage the whole team and call plays. Is this an underlying story that, hey, the defense might not be the best defense in the league anymore, Doc? 
Uh, I mean, it's hard to say. I don't think that this is the best defense in the league. I'm not saying they're not good, but I don't think it's the best defense in the league. But as far as the, you know, head coach coming out, Sean McDermott, and, and taking over the play calling, I mean, that just might be him reaching and trying to do too much and like, hey, let the guy, trust the guys that you hired. Let them do their job. Trust that everything is going to come to play and and stick to what you do best. When you're when you find success, even if you come up just short in the postseason, when you find success all season long, making drastic changes is not what's going to fix it for you. Yeah, Chris, you think that this is kind of a big, big story that we're not talking about? Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, the bill, the it's tough because like they don't have they they're not giving Josh Allen the weapons he needs. Like we've been reiterating about the offense, about what they did in the first round, they drafted a tight end when they could have got one of the higher up wide receivers. And so I mean they're not they're not trying to get those offensive weapons. I mean it'd be huge if D Hop <laughs> goes there, but like we said, Diggs, like it's Diggs gonna be even more pissed off. Yeah. And Luke, the over under four, that's what I want to hear because when we were talking about it, the Jets and for us, Jets Bills are who who we're thinking is gonna be one two over under twelve and a half for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I think I'm gonna take that uh, over on this. I have them with uh, three oh, losses. Shit. Sorry, sorry, wrong one, wrong one. <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> my bad, my bad, my bad. Yeah, but Just I, I got in the glory. I got, I got my three losses, so I got them losing to the Jags, going over to the over the pond, playing uh, this Jag the Jaguars home field. Over there in England or London, wherever stadium they're playing in this time, uh, they got them losing to Kansas City and the Eagles. I think yeah. the the Bengals might be a toss up game for them, but I think the Bills might be able to pull that one off. Chris, you're over under for the Jets or for the Bills? I'm under, but I'm at 12 wins. Okay, so, I mean, so yeah, half game. Yeah, so second place in the AFCs for you, Doc. Uh, I'm definitely going uh, splitting with Miami. Lost to Kansas City, lost to Philly, lost to Cincinnati is four. And then I think uh, Jacksonville or Charge, yeah, I'm going to put them at 12. Yeah, I have them at 12 or 11 as well, and 12 can be tied with the Jets, so you can still win the division with the Jets. So, yeah, that's your AFC East, boys. I, I think I think it's going to be one of the tougher divisions this year. I know the AFC West got the same treatment last year. I think this is what the AFC is getting this year is the same kind of treatment. Um, it is going to be a very, very exciting division to watch so all season long. Definitely a lot yeah, of good moves made. Finally, well, except, for, except some, for the Bills, but it's good to see the AFC is competitive <laughs> after all those years of the Patriots dominating, and then the, the Bills the last couple, the last really three years too. Yeah, so it's good I, to I see think, now every team. Yeah, I, I think this is open for pretty much any team except the Patriots to win it. Any any three of these teams can get hot and take the division if they really want to. Yeah, oh, I yeah. agree with that. Well, and except for the Patriots. Jets. I have the Jets with a wild card spot, if anything. I don't see them taking eight, the division. You had them at eight wins, so there's no way they're getting a wild card spot eight and nine. So no, no, no. But I'm saying that it, it, you know injuries play a part. If if the pay, if if the if the Jets can step it up and put everything together, I can I can I can see them taking a wild card spot. I do not see them taking the division. I can see them playing I mean, a little bit better. That week one game is going to be fucking huge. The Jets at or at Jets against Buffalo. I mean, nine eleven on nine eleven. So that's going to set the pace. For, yeah, that's going to set the pace for both of them. That's but hey, that's our team, but. that's our second episode of the division breakdown. Next episode, we covering the NFC North. So get ready whoop, for the whoop. Vikings 
Vikings, Lions, Bears, and Packers. Oh, my. Hey, and we didn't get to dress to start the show since Chris reminded me with that 28-3 lead. Congratulations on Wake Forest as they beat LSU in the College World Series. Give it up to the ACC dominant team right there, Wake Forest. Demon Deacons, go, baby, go. We're rooting for you guys in the sack house. Go, go, Wake Forest. Represent us strong here. But let's move on. Bradley Beal heading to the Phoenix Suns to pair with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. Chris Paul is out of there, going to the Wizards, probably going to get a buyout. But, Doc, you're the other NBA pundit in here out of the rest of us. Are we not talking about this enough that Kevin Durant just seems to be getting all these super teams, more than LeBron James, honestly? Is it time for Kevin Durant to shut up and put up? Dude, it's time for Kevin Durant to show that he can be the winner on a fucking team. This is a guy, look, even I would say he's done this worse than LeBron at this point. I mean, I I never respected his move to Golden State. Um, I understand the personal reason of wanting to win a championship, but every other step along the way of his career, he just hasn't been able to put it together. And this guy is just going to continue to try to build these super teams Um well beyond what LeBron James did. I mean, I don't respect either of them, but uh, yeah, dude, this is getting old. Like, get yeah. better or, or get out. You know what I'm saying? Like, stop making excuses. And what sucks is the league is starting to get away from these super teams, it seems like. But it just seems like it's Kevin Durant only really still following that. I need a trio, and you know, not just a duo. So, I mean. Yeah, because he's seems... desperate to win. Yeah. Even though he says the winning's not everything anymore to him. Since oh, that's bullshit. Twice. That's bullshit. Speaking the, guy, of, speaking, the guy can't do it on his own. Yeah. And speaking or of winning, Chris, um, speaking of winning, Chris, we also got Draymond Green who opted out. He's a winner, you know, four-time champion. Is this big for the Warriors? Is he going to accept a, maybe a minimum contract with the Warriors or is he going to go for a bigger contract somewhere else? I mean, I think he's going to go for a bigger contract. I mean, he's getting up there in age. It, he's going to want the money. Yeah. I, mean, I, nobody's I opting out to take a minimum contract. Yeah. The problem is, is anyone going to pay him that that higher contract he wants? He's an older star in the league. So, yeah, well, I don't even say he's a star anymore. He's just a big name that, you know, still gets that attention. How old is he now? But uh, I don't know his age, but he plays old. I, I do know he's as old as, like, Steph and, and Clay. They've been around the same time. That's, like, mid-30s. So, and you, he's Might have been a mutual thing, too, just to get him out of that big well, contract and, and trying to get him into a lesser role. You know, like, hey, either this or you're going to be moved. You know, maybe he does take that that lesser, you know, lesser pay for the lesser role, but might just be trying to figure out if he's not stepping up or, or not doing something else. I don't know that he's going to get paid somewhere else um, as much, you know, as that $27 million, But, I mean, I don't know, contracts max right now is like 50, what, $52 million, some shit like that. Oh, so huge, man. NBA is filthy. Right? Yeah, so there is a very – honestly, there's a very good chance he finds more than $27 million a year for at least a two-year strike somewhere. Uh, who knows? Maybe Phoenix. Yeah, or maybe the Los Angeles Lakers with pairing with LeBron. I think, I think the Lakers, Lakers he would – I do think he could fit with the Lakers, honestly. Uh, Luke, I, I know you said you gave golf up. I hope you watched this weekend. I mean, Wyndham Clark, great story, by the way. Dude lost his mother, I believe, to breast cancer 10 years ago. Almost that quit is an golf. awful way to, to start that. Well, well <laughs> let me let me tell you let me tell you the story real quick. Jesus Christ! Dude man. lost his mother ten years ago. Almost gave up the game of golf completely. He he said no, I'm not going to do it. Mom wouldn't want me to do that. Ten years later, made his first cut in the U.S. Open. He did win earlier as well. He's now the 13th ranked player. The dude won it ten years after his mom passed away. Pretty good story for Wyndham Clark as he taught as he beat Ricky Fowler, who's the Atlanta Falcons of golf. And Roy McIlroy, the face of PGA at the moment. Huge win, I believe, for this kid. 
Uh, yeah. So I, I didn't watch it. I'm still on my PGA boycott. I know PGA players are playing in the U.S. Open, so I just decided not to watch it. But great We're story, sure. though, right? I mean, yeah, yeah it's great, great story. story. Yeah, yeah. Good, good for him. But no, I'm not watching PGA players play. Well, I mean, the PGA is not the players, aren't the, the problem. It's the commissioner. The, 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 players, the players are playing, so I didn't watch it. <laughs> I can't, I can't players not watch the problem. No, the players are playing. I ain't watching it. I, I can't watch the commissioner, so I got to not watch the players. Well, I think it's a great story. Uh, Ricky Fowler, though, I hate to say it. You are, like I said, the Atlanta Falcons of golf. You're usually great. Chris, can we pull it up one more time? Can we can we get a can we get a Photoshop of like Ricky Fowler his standing before and after that final round? We we got to yeah, put you can something work on that for, for that. homework. You do it for homework. Bring it in for the next episode, Chris. Though a story that oh we yeah, love to so, see it. Hey, can you also pull up it. the one? I forgot what year it was. I believe it was twenty the twenty seventeen playoffs. So twenty eighteen when the Vikings were down twenty four twenty three. And can you get that picture of Kirk Cousins slinging that ball to Stephon Diggs? Yeah, by the way. It. And your safety running over the corner. Yeah, pull it up for the next episode, too. That's pretty embarrassing. If we could also get Matt Ryan, legendary Falcon Matt Ryan, blowing that 70 point lead for the Colts last season, that would also also be great. Was that against Minnesota? Hey, Doc, I would ask you to find historic bear stuff in this current generation we're in. Well, the the bear, I said our current current generation. generation. You know, maybe like this century in the last 22 years. I don't think picture of bears. Yeah, yeah, because the Bears. Hey, don't we blew our own Super Bowl. We just didn't or, blow it as bad as you. All right. Or, or get that picture of you guys getting that the only kickoff return history in the start of a game, and then you guys fell apart after that. Or Jay Cutler riding the bike in the NFC Championship against Aaron Rodgers. We Rogers. didn't fall. Your no, dad, fuck you. Your daddy. All, by we the didn't. Way. We didn't I, fall apart after that. All right. I'll give you a stat if you want to put it up on the screen. But we didn't fall apart after that game. We were never a fucking team after that game because because Rex Grossman was back in it. Okay. Hey, you were. We you had were the kickoff return. All I know. Yeah, nothing. There was nothing to fall apart. But if you want to put up a fucking stat, all right, why don't you go ahead and throw up Jay Cutler's touchdowns and interceptions versus the Packers, okay? And then we could throw up Tom Bra- or, uh, excuse me, Aaron Rodgers' touchdown and interception versus the Bears, okay? We could we could talk about a real stat because I, I know that I'm not a fucking idiot, all right? I'm a realist. Let's move on to another guy that took the boot. We were talking about this, Bob Huggins from West Virginia, one of the you know, what, uh, one of the longest tenured head coaches in college basketball just stepped down. I know he had a racial slur incident, like Chris said before the show, also had a DUI, and I'm pretty sure West Virginia said, yeah, either you're gone or firing you or you're done. Chris, big news out of there in West Virginia, huh? Yeah, I mean, that's huge news. He was a great college basketball coach. He had the incident a couple months ago with the racial slur. They let that one kind of slide, and then he got the DUI, and this was about the time West Virginia was like, hey, we're going to cut mutually or we're firing you. Yeah. And I just think West Virginia is in an interesting situation. Football, they're getting ripped that they're going to be compared to the Mac conference. Uh, now you have this basketball situation, Luke, West Virginia, man, they're, they're just, they're a mess, man. They're, and they're in your conference. So hopefully the big 12 can figure out with them. Yeah. I mean, uh, DUIs are a big thing at, at, at a level. So any, any career, it's going to ruin your life. Unless you're like a country singer or something like that, then DUIs are part of the, part of the game. But you you make your company look bad, chances are you're probably gonna get let go. Yeah, and with letting go, boys, this I think it's been a hell of a show. I, I really do. I think we covered them very good. I thought yeah, no, I love the. It's all good, man. I didn't have nothing to say about that last topic. 
It was just time to you sign off, Doc. To say at all, hey, you had a big, you had a big talking point. Hey, Chris didn't talk much about Conor McGregor, so hey, sometimes you gotta know what topics I, you want I to talk about. Really he gave him a chance. Of, he gave him a chance. Said, God damn it! I, I just said, hey, should he be done? Because it was just wrapping up to a situation we didn't want to go down. Sure, wrong rabbit God. hole at the wrong time. Welcome but, to the sack house. Yeah. So with that being said, hey, great episode, boys. AFCs was on fire today. I love the takes, Chris. You're firing them heat. Heat, you're firing, dude. Great topics today, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. It was great to be here in the sack house with you and your balls. Thank you. And Doc, speaking uh. of balls, you talked very good about balls today. Great to have you in here. Hopefully we can get you in here one more time before that wedding, man. Yeah, absolute pleasure always to be here. Um, Got to see what the schedule's looking like. I'm not sure when I'm going to be ripping out of here, uh, but we'll see. And Luke, great to have you in here, man. Love having you guys yeah. all together. Luke, you did great today. Oh, thanks. Always great to be in the sack house. Yeah, and we love all of you viewers and listeners out there in your sack house listening to us, watching us on YouTube. Well, however you want to listen and watch, hey, feel free to do it any way you want. But with that being said, that is the wonderful, always colorful Nick the Doc Skirkwins. That is Luke Rule, Mr. Inconsistent with his takes. That is Chris Meinhart. I'm your host, Mark Daves. Thank you for checking out another episode of All About the Balls podcast. We want to thank all of our listeners and supporters of The Sack House. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at The Sack House.